Welcome to Cincinnati Foodies, a new community podcast talking all things food in the greater Cincinnati area. Subscribe to our channel for quick 15 to 20 minute bi-weekly updates on restaurant openings, closings, rumors, news, and more. We are your top secret foodie hosts, O-N-G, and we're keeping our identities hidden for now or until this podcast is so huge that we can't hide it anymore. Hey there, and welcome back to the Cincinnati Foodies Podcast for our 10th episode. Can you believe it? I cannot, but you know what? We could use some reviews from you guys. So make sure to drop your thoughts on whatever platform you are listening on. Yes. <laughs> this year is flying by. It's so wild. So, G, what are we drinking this week to celebrate our 10th episode? We have a delicious bottle of sparkling rosé called Almacita from the Rhine in Finlay Market. Isn't that place so cool? It is. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> so how was your week, O? It was good. Very busy with work. So shockingly, I didn't do a ton of dining out. I went to two Reds games, which were both fun for me because I got to see the Reds beat the Mets, which was my first game that you were at. Yeah, um, I was there. And then I also got to watch the Yankees beat the Reds. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but And that was a really fun Friday night firework game and yeah. it was a really good game so it was a really fun they night. do fireworks every friday right yeah okay. they do and the show is really cool and it's like it's mostly drones but also fireworks oh cool yeah. i didn't know they did drones yeah it was very cool but the one thing I did get to do food-wise was attend the opening of the new Toast and Berry in Liberty Town Center. We already shared a reel with you guys showing the highlights, but everything was just delicious. I know I talk about Looking Glass restaurants a lot, but <laughs> I have several people in my like really close sphere that are allergic to gluten and have other like food allergies and stuff, and they're just the most consistent and educated group out there in the city, I feel like, so it's just it's important to me and the food is phenomenal. Yeah. I really enjoyed toast and berry too. What were your favorite dishes? My favorite dish was the eggs Hemingway, which is like a smoked salmon version yes. of eggs Benedict. Um, that used to be my go-to brunch at the French bistro I worked at in New York. So I was thrilled to see all that, that on the menu and it was done really well. Their um, English muffins are like really fluffy. Yeah. They're really good. It did look really good. Yeah. The cocktails were also a hit. Their version of an espresso martini was cute. Or it was, did you see the little TB on the top and yeah. chocolate? Like they just have all the good touches. I was going to say they have like all the finishing touches. They do. And they had um, the pineapple upside down cake, which was recommended to us. Like, I never would have ordered a pineapple upside down cake cocktail because I would assume it would be like really sweet and syrupy, but it was not at all. It was honestly like a version of the cake in a glass complete with Luxardo cherries. <laughs> what did you like best? I was obsessed with the blueberry lemon French toast, mm. which is not something I would normally order. But I was like, bring me whatever the best-selling dish is. So yeah. that's what they brought me. The manager was telling us about how they layer the bread into a pan with custard and cinnamon. And then they bake it and slice it to serve. So it's kind of like a French toast lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> and then they put a blueberry compote on top. And it was just like to die for. Like was... if you want a good breakfast dish go there and get that yeah it was really good uh, i also love the pineapple upside down martini 
I was like you and I didn't think I was going to like that mm-hmm. because I would literally never order it. Yeah. But I was like, wow, like it was really fresh and it wasn't too sweet. And like, I've had pineapple upside down, like shots and martinis in the past. And yeah. so I just think that they taste like syrupy and just not good. Yeah. And this one was like really good. Yeah. Like I would go back there and order it again. For sure. Which is surprising of me to say. (laughs) I agree. Ooh, you know where we both went that we're completely obsessing over we have to talk about? Yes. Vivi Italian. Italian. So it's called Vivi Italian Experience. And they were very um, thoughtful of making it Italian experience because they want you to feel what it's like to be in a cafe in Italy. Um, when I tell you that I cannot believe how how good this place is. Um, I don't remember the last time I had a cappuccino that was so good. Like just a plain it was amazing. I like that they had options for different milks because I don't do like a mm-hmm. lot of dairy mm-hmm. and they made me um, a cappuccino with almond milk mm-hmm. and they still did a really good job of like getting the foam Broth. up and stuff Yeah, because sometimes almond milk doesn't foam up as much. Yeah, it's hard. No, this so, is the real deal. This is the real deal. <laughs> um, they have a long list of classic Italian coffee drinks like an espresso macchiato, which is not like the one you get at that coffee chain we're not going to talk about. Um, macchiato in Italian means stain. So it's just an espresso that is stained with milk. Um, the menu also features espresso compana, which is uh, espresso topped with whipped cream, a wonderful cold drink called an espresso salentino shakerato. So that is not surprisingly a shaken espresso um, <laughs> with almond syrup, the only syrup I ever use. It's so fragrant. And I feel like Americans just aren't on the train there. When I started drinking almond syrup, that coffee chain that we don't talk about, literally they used to have it. Same month, they discontinued it and have never done it again. It's the best. Like, I would never put anything else in my coffee. But they have delicious cornetto, which is like Italian croissants. Uh, They have Nutella, custard, different kind of fillings. They have panini with prosciutto, mortadella, grilled vegetables, pastas, salads, anything you could want, really. Uh, They also have retail Italian candies, chocolates, cookies, sauces, coffee. And as of today, they have started their aperitivo hour from four to eight. I'm very excited about that. Um, They do have their liquor license. So I'm so excited to go that there's somewhere I can go for a cocktail and dessert after, you know, four o'clock in the afternoon. Um, It just reminds me so much of one of my favorite spots in my Italian neighborhood in Brooklyn. And I should mention that their retail stuff Mm -hmm. offers like tomato sauces and things like that. And that is actually their brand in Italy. It is. Um, And she sold me one and she said to like put it in the pot and let it simmer for like 20 minutes Mm -hmm. and put a little sugar in it. And Mm -hmm. then like that's how it's supposed to taste. Yeah. So don't just like pour it in a pot and mix it with some fresh pasta. (laughs) (laughs) Or Um, heaven forbid, throw it in the microwave. (laughs) And then they brought, right? And they brought me out some kind of espresso cream that was really good. Mm. I, like, ate it with a spoon. Mm, I saw that. And that was cool. Mm. Um, And the almond cereal... The almond syrup is definitely imported, and it's very native to that Puglia region of Italy. Um, During my travels there, we had so many different versions of coffee and espresso with almond syrup, so it's, like, definitely a common thing you see everywhere you go there. Yeah, I can only get it at Jungle Gyms or if I get it, like, from Amazon because nowhere else sells it. But, you know, we have to celebrate their apertivo night. 
the manager treated us to two of their most popular desserts, Ooh. the sfogliatelle. So, sorpresa! Yay! <laughs> For the listeners who don't know, a sfogliatelle is a crispy pastry shaped like a clam, and it has a little surprise filling in the center. So we can have a little pastry cheers. Cheers. Mm. <laughs> That's mm. super flaky. Mm-hmm. That's so good. There is, what is that in there? Orange in the cream? Yeah, it tastes like Orange, it. right? Oh, so good. So, gee, how was your week? It was busy as far as food is concerned. I ate so much in these last two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> like, I need to get to the gym for real. I hear that. Like, for real. My highlight was Jeff Ruby's because let's be honest, it's just the best. <laughs> like literally the best. I was able to snag a last minute reservation at the bar at the downtown location, which is my favorite location. Mm-hmm. And I savored every bite, but I feel like I need to sophisticate my palate a little bit. Oh, no. <laughs> um, my friends were making fun of me because I ordered a California roll and a medium well done steak. <laughs> oh, gee. But you know what? That That's what I like. That's what I like. And I like that I can go there and get what I want without feeling ashamed. Sure. Like, they don't make fun of you there. Sure. It's not, like, hoity-toity. It's no. like... But now I have a question. Okay. Do you just order medium well because that's what you always ate growing up? Or have you tasted medium rare and you're like, no, I don't like this? Yeah, I don't like the mushiness in my beef. Okay. Like, I just like it brown. For the most part. With less flavor. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because I know I've, I've met several people in the past who have always ordered medium well or well done. And then I've gotten them to try mine. Sometimes in the dark. At yeah. like a nice restaurant. Yeah. And they've been like, this is delicious. My steak never tastes like this. And they're, they're like, oh. <laughs> so well, I did, I did pour like black peppercorn sauce all over the top of oh, it. Oh, that's the so. way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. For dessert, I was able to try out one of their new items that should be rolling out soon. It is a beautiful passion fruit cake with a uh, flavored whipped cream on top. Mm. I think it was pistachio flavored Ooh. and it had a leopard printed white chocolate rectangle on top of that. And it was definitely passion fruit flavored. <laughs> like, I really like that little white chocolate thing. Mm. I would buy it as a candy bar if I could. Ooh, Seriously. Like it's that. so good. And if you guys listened to our last podcast episode, we shared an interview with Eric Clark, who is the pastry chef there. And he said he was currently most inspired by passion fruit. So I think you can expect to see this dessert on the menu or as a limited time special very soon. I love that. And then my son had a birthday party. Um, and we use cakes by Chris for the cake and cookies. She always does a great job. And then I attended another birthday party and their cake and cookies were from buttercream in Covington. Hmm. And I thought I'd say that because I was really impressed with both. So if you're in need of fun cakes and cookies, definitely check them out. Yeah. I love that. Everybody's always asking me that and I never have an I answer. Know, I feel like people are in our DMs asking us about cakes too. And, yeah. Um, i going to start recommending those two. Well, there you go. <laughs> I went to Baru downtown, that new Japanese place we were talking about. Oh, yeah. And girl, let me tell you, the inside of it was a vibe. Mm. Like they have these like light droplet things that like move up and down around the bar. Ooh, like like that. whoever did the build out and design on that should earn a gold star. <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, wow. The food was really good, too, and next time I want to order that meat on a stone thing. I didn't end up ordering that this time. I want to go back and try that. Okay. And then um, 
I took my friends to Via Vite after for espresso martinis. Nice. And we had the best time there with the bartender. Mm-hmm. Like, just so much fun. I forget his name, so I kind of feel bad. But mm-hmm. he made some delicious espresso martinis that, like, had the foam on top and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, ugh. Um, my partner had an affogato. And I can't believe that was our first time ordering that there because they make it a whole show where they, like, pour the espresso on top of the ice cream right in front of you. And it's just so fun. So, I mean, I totally have a video. We actually ordered two of them Mm -hmm. because I didn't get a good video the first time. (laughs) And we literally ordered another one just to get a video. That is not surprising at all. Yeah, so... (laughs) So let's get into it for this week. Okay, yeah. In um, openings this week, we can finally share some news about the former Pearl Star space. The owners of The Pony and Liberty's Bar and Bottle have signed a lease with 3CDC to open a restaurant in the space that will also focus on oysters, small plates, and shared dishes in addition to vegetarian options paired with a wine list heavy on old world selections, sparkling and rosé options, and an array of seasonal cocktails and spritzes. The location is currently undergoing minor renovations, including a redesign of the patio to include an outdoor bar and increased seating. That'll be cool. Yeah. Um, The name and the branding for the new restaurant are still in development. I have never been to The Pony, but I've heard they have the most amazing wings. Okay, I haven't been there either, but I might go and check it out now that I know that they're taking over Pearl Star, Mm -hmm. just to like kind of catch a vibe. Yeah, something about fries too. I feel like they put gravy on the fries or something. I can't think of what it is, but like... I'm all for gravy on fries. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to go there. Okay, so Onolicious Hawaii opened their new brick and mortar restaurant in downtown Cincinnati. Oh, this is that place around the corner from Pilar? 16 lots opened at Newport on the Levee. They are a brewery with a yummy sounding menu with items like Chuba Baking Co. pretzel and beer cheese, Nashville popcorn chicken, and things like mussels and grilled octopus. We definitely want to check this one out. Yes. We had to miss the opening because of schedule conflicts, and I'm having the worst FOMO right now. Like, yeah. wish we could have figured that they out. They have a Mason location, too. Have you been to that one? I haven't been there. I haven't, but I, I everybody I know has. Yeah, I have to get in there. So Chef Danny Combs recently signed his own lease with 3CDC to open a new French-inspired concept called Colette. Chef has worked for Boca Group for over a decade, starting out as a sous chef and then leading the kitchens at both Boca and Soto. He announced his departure from Boca Group back in February on his Instagram, and we've been waiting for the rumors to be confirmed for a while. So this is awesome. Yeah, this is where Zula used to be, right? Yeah, exactly. Right okay. in the I feel like we see so many people that used to work for Boca and Soto and they like kind of spread their wings and make all these cool culinary creations. I feel like that says something really great about Chef David Falk yeah. because that's what the best managers do is they train you to like go out on your own and go after your own dreams instead of just like keeping you there for themselves. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Awesome. Okay, so Savannah's Q opened in Oakley Kitchen Food Hall, and they specialize in Southern-style barbecue, and they offer hickory smoked meats with house-made sides. Okay. And Nectar Juice Bar opened up in Kenwood. Mm -hmm. They are a Southern California-based franchise, and they open over by Kenwood Town Center, which everyone calls Kenwood Mall. (laughs) 
Yes. Um, well, when I was a kid, Kenwood Mall used to be across the street where the Home Goods uh, was. Oh, that's funny. So, and then it was Kenwood Town Center. And this is in the that building, that old building where the movie theater used to be, right? Across the street? Exactly where that is. Okay. Yep. They offer, they just have a small space there um, mm-hmm. with bar seating. It's a grab-and-go type model. And they're known for their handcrafted acai bowls, fresh juices, and smoothies. The owners mentioned that there are plans to open a third location in the Mason area, but the timeline is not yet determined. And currently, there are 180 locations in 22 states. Wow. Barrel House is now open in Deerfield Township. They are now proudly Cincinnati-owned and feature craft drinks, wood-fired pizza, salads, burgers, and shareables. They also have an extensive kids menu, which I love. It does not include chicken fingers. Really? Yeah, but two different kinds of pasta, like (laughs) I think a pizza, a couple different things. Yeah. That's funny. I know. But um, this place is a little bit of an enigma to me. So I know there was a restaurant there previously and their Instagram just started like 10 days ago, but it makes a point of saying now Cincinnati owned. Huh. So I'm like... I need, I need the... Who was owned before. I yeah. know. I need the tea there. Maybe anyway. we'll do some digging on that. We might have to. <laughs> okay, so All Medina Grill opened in Westchester, and it is a Lebanese restaurant. This is their second location. Mm. Their other location is in Coryville, and I need to try it because they have the whole, like, beef and lamb and chicken shawarma and i love that stuff i do too mediterranean food is my favorite um there my old landlord was lebanese and there were a lot of lebanese restaurants in our neighborhood i've also heard that there's a place in mason called phoenix kitchen that might be lebanese or somewhere similar that i've heard is phenomenal so we've got some eating to do Hey, you guys, we have an update this week from popular commercial realtor Josh Rothstein. And you can find him on Instagram at Space for Lease. And that's Space, the number four, Lease. Hi, Josh. How are you? Hey, I'm great. Thanks for having me again. Yeah. So what do you have for us this week? So it seems like since we last talked, all the rage has been directed to East Walnut Hills, the area around Madison Road and Woodburn Avenue popularly referred to as DeSales Corner. The restaurant that overtook the former Susie Wong's, it's called Solstice, which had been plagued by unfortunate delays after delays after delays, finally set an opening date, which is scheduled for the end of June, beginning of July. Super excited about that one. It's going to be South American food right there in the corner. They're going to have a Caribbean focus, tropics focus. It's going to be really, really cool. So super yeah. soap. Yeah, we are super excited about that one and totally agree with you. There's so much going on in East Walnut Hills right now. Yeah, there definitely is. The new rooftop restaurant opened recently on Woodburn. It's called Rusk. The same guys behind the E, which is over on Wasson Road in Oakley. Branch, mm-hmm. uh, which closed towards the end of last year is now available on the market branches that beautiful former bank that was built in the 1920s it's actually listed by me so it's a two-story restaurant space the main floor is about 3200 square feet and then there's a speakeasy on the lower level they have a huge patio which backs up to heyday and again this is all right around 
de sales corner. So I'm getting a lot of interest in that restaurant space and it'll for sure be exciting to see who ultimately takes it and will reactivate that beautiful building to really combine all four corners and create this amazing sense of synergy that is the front door of East Wanted Hill. So a lot of eyes and excitement over there. Yeah, I can't wait to see who goes in there. And I love that there's a speakeasy involved. I think that's so fun. Yeah, it's bringing it back to the, again, to the 20s, the year that that building was built. So keep your eyes on that. And then we were talking about something happening in Montgomery Quarter. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so there have been um, all sorts of announcements made recently about the Montgomery Quarter Brew Burger and Livery, two concepts from Cunningham Restaurant Group, are now open. Mm -hmm. uh, Kitchen Social was announced to take the corner spot right at the front on Montgomery Road. And then there's another place that's going to be opening called, I believe it's pronounced Katsui, which is mm -hmm. from the group behind restaurants such as Wild Ginger, Kyoto, and Genki Ramen. So this will be a great fit for that project. I can't wait for it all to be finished and have everything come together because you've got an outdoor park, you've got places to eat, drink, shop, and it will really become sort of a miniature lifestyle project. So that's great for the neighborhood, for everyone that lives there, works there, and passes through it. Yeah, it's really kind of turning into quite the destination over there. And then we were talking about um, the place that's going into the 50 West development. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so not a lot of details have surfaced on this one yet, but The District, which is the incredible project up along Mesa Montgomery Road, again, with 50 West, Bakersfield, The Eagle, Pins Mechanical Company. Mm -hmm. We just signed another lease with 101 Beer Kitchen, which is an awesome bar restaurant concept out of Columbus. This will be their first area location. You can look them up online to see all the different types of food that they will offer, but to add this into the lineup of the other restaurant and entertainment users that we have at the district will be really, really cool. We're only going to do realistically maybe two, maybe three more restaurants at the district. And then the rest of the tenants are going to be dominated by service oriented retails, maybe professional office and other users that will complement, but not take away from the businesses that we have lined up for the project already. Yeah, and that again, that sounds like another destination place where you can kind of go there and hang out all afternoon and just have everything at your fingertips. That's the trend we're seeing these days. A lot of the activity, maybe blame it on COVID, maybe it's just the way that things have evolved, but so much of the activity that used to be in areas like over the Rhine, it seems like it's been redelegated to areas in the suburbs. So you look at what's going on with the Montgomery Quarter and what's coming with the district at Deerfield, what's been happening at Summit Park and Blue Ash. It's like if you go down to OTR during the week or on the weekends, you may see a fraction of the action that used to be there because it's all sort of being um, re distributed to these fun projects in the suburbs. And look, if I were a suburban dweller and I wanted to go do something fun at night, instead of making the schlep downtown, it's just far more convenient to go to these developments that are closer to home. So it makes a lot of sense and it's, it's really intriguing and fascinating to see how it's all starting to shape. Yeah. And I'm a suburban dweller and I'm kind of in between downtown and Mason 
And so I really enjoy kind of having access to all these different things. So I think that's really cool. Um, and then you were talking about that you finally made it over to the acres and you really enjoyed it. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah. So I remember going down Redding Road as a kid and driving by that, the driving range. I, I don't even remember what it was, but it is definitely what it is now is nothing compared to what it was. So we have a buddy that's actually having triplets and we did our <laughs> buddy version of a, I don't know if you call it a baby moon or a baby shower or what, but uh, this kid <laughs> eats a lot of diapers. So we yeah. got our band of buddies together and went to the acres, spent several hours hitting golf balls, eating, drinking buckets of beer. And it was a really awesome environment. There were families there. There were young professionals there, older folks there. They've got putt-putt and yes, the driving range, but they've got, the most um, up-to-date equipment, state-of-the-art. It's called Trackman, which for golfers out there, it tracks every little movement and motion that your body makes so that it's the most accurate depiction when in a virtual setting, shooting and hitting golf balls. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of fun. Love what they did with the redevelopment. Talked to the owner, and apparently there might be more to come, but it was a really fun afternoon, and I can't wait to go back there. Yeah, I've been there a couple times, too, and I really liked the food. Like, I thought it was kind of elevated than what I would expect from a place like that. It was really good. Yeah, they did a good job with that, and they also have a great beer selection. It was it yeah. was craft beers from all over, and uh, definitely it was a it – was, and they were reasonably priced. So it was a fun afternoon. Like I said, I can't wait to go back there with my kid, without my kid, <laughs> uh, spend many – fun summer nights. Great. Well, I think that covers everything I wanted to talk about. Did you have anything you wanted to add? No, but uh, I look forward to eating and drinking over the next several days and letting you know where my adventures have taken me and we'll catch up soon. Yeah, we'll touch base with you in a few weeks. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me again. So what do we have in closings this week? Um, well, we couldn't really find anything, but um, yeah. food-wise, restaurant-wise, but we did find a bookshop in um, that had a coffee bar that is unfortunately closing their doors. The Tome Bookstore in Mount Washington is closing permanently after just over a year. I didn't really see a reason reported for the closing, but I know life is tough out there for small bookstores, so that obviously stinks hopefully something cool will take its place in that space yeah yeah so in foodie news this week nostalgia wine and jazz lounge is doing a vip experience with marlon wayans on june 1st from 10 p.m to midnight which is past my bedtime <laughs> <laughs> tickets are a hundred dollars and available at eventbrite we will include a link, of course, in the show notes. Your ticket will include cocktails and an opportunity to interact with the comedian and take photos. Cocktails are sponsored by Tito's Vodka and 1800 Cristalino Tequila. So they should be good. Yeah. I think that's fun. I don't know why I thought that was so cool, but the Wayans Brothers are like a big part of my childhood. I watched a lot of inappropriate TV as a kid. Okay. Um, like In Living Color. <laughs> yeah. Which was just... It, it's not that In Living Color was inappropriate, but just for whatever age I was, it was certainly inappropriate. So. <laughs> so Darden Restaurant Group, the group that owns Olive Garden, has purchased Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Like, I've never been to Ru Ruth's Chris, 
but there's something about there is something about the name that never gave me the desire to go there. It's weird. And now it's owned by Olive Garden. So, yeah, I'll stick with my locally owned steakhouses. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't even say it. Like, Ruth's like, Chris. I can't it's like even a tongue say twister. It. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Anyway, I feel the same way. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Eckerline Meats in Findlay Market is temporarily relocating to the former Mighty Good space while they remodel their home base location. That spot is obviously super clutch for Findlay Market because they're able to get people people in and out of there for yeah. all kinds of reasons. Yeah. They're going to close at their Finley location on June 2nd, and then they'll be open at uh, Mighty Good. Yep. Yep. For awesome. sure. We have an update. Paxton's Patio. <laughs> like, like P-A-W. Like, yeah. pause. <laughs> <laughs> is back open. So that is great news. Luckily, the local Loveland favorite had very little downtime from that Cinco de Mayo hit and run. Yeah, that was good. So what else is going on in foodie news this week, Jay? Skyline Chili has nachos. What? What? <laughs> yup. Skyline Chili is serving nachos for a limited time, which is super funny to me because I've been making Skyline nachos at home since I was a teenager. <laughs> okay. But okay, these are served with a queso blanco, and then they put chili and shredded cheese on top. Oh, that's a lot of cheese. Yeah. <laughs> super cheesy. <laughs> I assume that the Skyline nachos served at the Red Stadium are doing so well that they decided to put them in the restaurant. Oh. I just wish they came in the little Reds helmet because those are so cute. Sure. But I guess it's nice that Skyline fans no longer have to go to a Reds game to get their Skyline nacho fix. I wonder how the Reds feel about that. <laughs> Attendance is a little low this year. Right? <laughs> That's yeah. funny. I don't really think this is my jam. I think I will stick to my Skyline dip. I do really love some Skyline dip, which oh, is like yeah. the same thing, but without the queso. That's And very I feel true. like it's more, more chili to cheese. The ratio is different. I just like it all like together on a plate and I can just like <laughs> pick them up and eat them. Sure. Um, so the Gatherall, which is the upcoming food hall at Factory 52, has signed three new restaurant tenants. Ooh. I know, right? Melt Revival, which is a veggie-centric sandwich shop in Cincinnati's Northside neighborhood, which is delicious. I went there last summer for lunch. Okay, I haven't been there. Really good. Shango's Urban Taqueria, a new taco stand with inspiration from a fusion of world cuisines. And Tweety's Burgers, a reincarnation of a former Deer Park deli and grill. You know, that's really interesting that I've never been to eat any of these places and I haven't even heard of some of them. I haven't heard of Tweety's because if I'm in Deer Park and I want a burger, I'm going to chicken on the run. So, <laughs> True. Yeah. But it's it'll be interesting for when they open mm -hmm. and they have all of these places that people don't really know about. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. It, it's like we're all trying something new. Exactly. It'll bring a lot of, you know, good attention to them for sure. The Gatherall plans for 14 vendors to fill the space inside the food hall when it opens this summer. Besides these three new additions, six have already signed leases. Fretboard Brewing Co., Lucius Q., Decibel Korean Fried Chicken, Gabriela, which is a Filipina cantina, mm. and um, Fulton Yards and Malia's Sweets. So yeah. a good... That's a good group. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. There was a fire in Westwood that affected Fusible Asian Grill and Sushi in Louise Cajun Seafood since they shared the same building. Someone was driving by and saw smoke and called 911. I read that it was quickly put out and not sure if these restaurants are still open, but we wanted to mention it. 
Yeah, we'll have to check into that. Hopefully it was very limited damage. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I guess that's what we have for this week. Yeah. What are we doing in the next couple of weeks? So we're going to a cooking class at St. Elizabeth mm-hmm. and we have reservations at Emory and Marymount. Ooh, that's one of my favorites. And then, oh, we're also going to Top of the Park downtown, like right by Lytle Park. Oh yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. They have like the patio with like the nice view and everything. Yes. So that'll be fun to check out. Very excited about that. All right. Well, we will see you guys next time. Yeah. Bye. (laughs) Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cincinnati Foodies. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and follow us on Instagram. If you have any news, restaurants to check out, or you would like to be featured, you can email us at CincinnatiFoodies513 at gmail.com or slide into those DMs at Cincinnati Foodies on Instagram.